0: This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas.: Many years ago, I was in Bible school, and one of our teachers came in one day, he said, "Did you wear your shouting clothes?" Now that's a, shouting clothes is an old Pentecostal phrase. That's for, the, for those of you who come from a more conservative background, you have no idea what that is, but uh, at the Pentecostals, when they come and shout in church. Like that last song makes me wanna shout. That's a shouting song. That's just a good song. Love that. But I'm conservative, I don't shout that much. So um, <laughs> he walked in, he said, he walked in a bunch of preachers, wanna be preachers. He walked in, he said, did you wear your shouting clothes today? We all said, yeah. He said, take them off. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, did you wear your shouting clothes? You're gonna to want to take them off. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's gonna be one of those mornings. But I really believe if you'll listen to me, I love to preach messages that get people excited. I believe this one, if you'll let me help you, will get you free. This, uh, this morning, true story, man named Ralph Milton Ralph. Ralph woke up five o'clock in the morning and heard something sound like a jackhammer on top of his house. He Disturbed his sleep, he gets out, he's in his pajamas, he gets out, walks in the backyard, looks up, and there's a woodpecker just going to town on on a metal pole that held his TV antenna. You can tell this a few years ago. And uh, you might remember TV antennas used to turn on the top of them. Google it. Um, He said, man, that woodpecker just made him so mad, just pecking, pecking away. So he reached down, finds a pretty good-sized rock, and he throws it at the woodpecker, misses it. It sails over the house, and he hears it crash when it hits his car. (laughs) Man, that made him even madder. So he looks down, there's a dirt clod there. He takes a vicious kick at this dirt clod, until he remembered way too late that he was still barefooted. (laughs) This morning, I want to talk about dealing with anger before it deals with you. Now, when I say deal with anger before it deals with you, that's probably the last time I'm gonna use a me and you. Because really this isn't us message. I've, I've looked as, just as a pastor, and I'm getting old enough now where I can go back through some time and some history. I don't know that I've seen our country as angry as we are now. My sister works for Homeland Security back in my hometown in North Carolina. She works at the airport. She was telling me, she said, Alan, I don't don't get it. She said, you think people will be happy when they're starting to travel more? She said, they've come back angry. She said, we have now, she said, we have walking through our airport, two law enforcement agents. One of them has an AR on his back. He said, we've had to put people down on the floor. People are just angry, take people off planes. He said, people came back angry. People are angry. So Alan, there's a lot of good reasons to be angry. Yeah, I got you. I feel you on that. And by the way, when it comes to anger, it's not like you think, well, Alan's so calm and and cool. Maybe not. I understand the reasons for anger. But guys, I just got to tell you, this is a very pastoral message this morning. Anger's hurting us. It's hurting us as a nation. It's hurting us as a church. It's hurting us as families. It's hurting And so I want want to just make it, if I can, the most compelling reason I can this morning for you to to begin to put the anger aside. Say, well, you're saying I'm never going to get angry? No, no, no. Anger is something that all of us experience. Jesus got angry. Paul got angry. People got angry. The key is we don't have to let anger have us. And there's things we can do about it. You know, anger has a negative effect on your health. they have done studies that said, you know, that anger increases your risk of heart attack and stroke Now if you're young And you're listening to me going Well that's, that's you older people I don't need to worry about that Okay I, 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 can, I can understand that But here's something all of us need to be concerned about They said that anger They've done studies, Harvard did a study That said anger actually lowers your immune system Now I'm not going to here right now We need all the immunity We can get we need it strong. And so they said anger dips your immune system. An angry outburst, an angry event will dip your immune system. They study showed for six hours. It's not helping us. Anger's tied in to depression. And anger's tied in to anxiety. Exacerbating anxiety. If you're anxious and angry, they could seem to go. Anger and depression seem to go hand in hand. It's not good for our health. They say angry... People, angry couples, don't have as long a lifespan. If nothing else, we need to dial down the anger just simply to take care of ourselves. But anger doesn't help our health and it doesn't help our relationships. I don't do as much counseling now. We have a wonderful counseling department here. You can come in and get biblical counseling. It's free. But I don't think anyone's ever come to me over the years and said, you know what, especially in a marriage, you know the thing that really attracted to me about them was their anger. I always found that to be such just an attractive, just a, it's a great part of our marriage, they're angry all the time, Just bl- no one's ever said that, when uh, Joy and I first got married, we fought a lot, argued a lot, we used to consider once a day a good day, and uh, argued a lot, not proud of it, but um, I was angry, very hot tempered, and man, I, not only hot tempered, I could spout off with my mouth pretty good. But one day I was just so angry. Joy, we were just at one another. I'm in Bible school, no less. And uh, man, I got so mad. I took my finger and I stuck it right in her face. I said, let me tell you something. That was a mistake. <laughs> I was mad, but I had my finger like right in front of her nose. Joy is little, but she's got unusually strong hands. And she just reached up and snatched my finger, started bending it backwards and twisting at the same time. You can only stay angry just so long, then the pain factor kicks in. You're like, oh, no, 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 okay, okay. So I learned a lesson. I do not point at joy anymore. But I learned another lesson. It's not good to point at people anyway. Anger doesn't help our relationships. Anger doesn't help our witness. I mean, I say that witness. I'm talking about our witnesses, believers. It doesn't help us. You blow someone up on Facebook and your Facebook name is God is good all the time. That's not going to work. That, <laughs> that, that doesn't, that doesn't, it doesn't commute. So, well, you say, well, you know, I've always been angry. My whole family's angry. We're just an angry family. That's just, just part of who I am. But are there answers for anger? There are. There are some answers. There's some things we can do. Here, here's one of the first things. Anything you want to get weaker in your life, don't feed it. Don't feed it. So what do you mean, don't feed it? Don't, don't keep feeding it. During the pandemic last year, I remember I was reading. I'm a big reader. I love to read. And I'm reading the news. And the news, uh, Houston Chronicle. I'll get the Houston Chronicle. It, would, it, it made me It made me. Uh, fearful and angry at the same time. And I remember reading it and reading it and, and all the news. And finally, I just felt impressed to the Lord. To, I, I stopped taking the paper. I stopped taking the news. I said, well, as a pastor, you're supposed to be well-informed. Trust me. I'm well, I skim headlines. I'm well-informed. And if something big happens, 15 people will text me and let me know exactly what's going on. <laughs> so I know I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about being informed. What I am worried about is I realized that the anger and the fear was bothering me and I needed to cut it off. You know, I, outside sources, if something is causing you to be angry, stop watching. If you go to a certain, a certain person's Facebook and you know they're going to say something that just absolutely makes you mad, don't go there. I'm still debating about whether or not I'm going to even watch the Texans this, this year because they're going <laughs> to make me angry. I know that. I know that right now. I, I, I know it, so I'm just like, oh. Uh, cut it off outside sources inside thoughts taking those thoughts and just looping them over and over and over again in your mind ever done that ever done someone done something to you and you lie in bed thinking about how you're going to get back and you just envision yourself and you see them and they say something and then you say something and it's like bam and you're like yeah mic drop walk away I know y'all have never had to do this I have dealt with this I Say, certainly not when you're a pastor especially when I've been a pastor exactly I understand that but I, I, here's what I found going over and over and over something in my mind is not helping me so I say well, so I don't feed it what else should I do don't exercise it do you even by that look what it says in Proverbs a soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, i am leave it up there for a second. As a a man, you see a soft answer and we're like, no, I ain't doing that. I'm a guy. I don't go, I don't soft answer. We think soft answer is kind of like, well, I'm not going to (laughs) do that. That word soft answer actually means a refined, thoughtful answer. Cowboy walks into a bar in the old west walks to the middle of the bar and he shouts hey no one paid attention so he shouted again hey the bar got quiet he said I'd like to know who the low down varmint is that painted my horse green no one said anything so he raised his voice he said I want to know who the low down varmint is that painted my horse green green In the back of the bar, out of the shadows, a man stood up, he said, I did. He was 6'8", weighed about 350 pounds, had a bald head with a mohawk running right down the middle of it, was missing his right eye with a scar all the way across his face. He had a pistol down this side and a pistol and bullets down that side, two pistols on his hip, a rifle on his back and two bowie knives strapped to his legs. He stood up and said, I did, what about it? Cowboy looked at him and said, just wanted to tell you that the first coat is dry and she's ready for the second coat. <laughs> that is a refined answer. So, a soft answer it turns away wrath. It doesn't always mean it's going to turn away wrath in other people, but here's what it will do a refined answer will turn away wrath in you. If you heart, have you ever noticed when someone says something to you and you fire back at them, how it just stirs it up? Joy was on the phone last last couple of weeks, dealing with an insurance company. (laughs) Can I get an amen somebody on (laughs) that? And she was, (laughs) I know y'all think Joy's perfect, but this lady fired off at Joy, and I could just hear Joy's tone change. And it went from sweet to terse. And now they're having a conversation. And it was terse, and Joy was, and when she got off the phone, she said, "She uh, she was not happy," and she said she was praying about it. And the Lord told her, "said Your anger's not going to help here." So the next time Joy gets on the phone, the lady's still terse, and is kind. And the terser she got, the kinder Joy got. Wound up that whole situation worked out. But a harsh word, when we answer back harsh and angry. It stirs up anger in us. I can't always get everybody else to calm down, but I can do something about myself. In the Bible, there's one of my favorite characters who's, he's a man's man, he's David. Creative, strong, brave, a warrior, a leader, and he also got angry. He and his 600 men were running from King Saul and they kind of ran a protection Deal where they would protect other people who were sharing their sheep and they would protect them and then keep them from being uh, stolen from marauding bands. And then David would, they would give David, just out of graciousness, they would give David supplies for his men. 600 men takes a lot to feed that. So he he took care of a guy named Nabal. And Nabal was a uh, wealthy man, mean man, harsh man. So they took care of Nabal and then David sent some servants to Nabal and said, Hey, Brother Nabal, we've been good to you and took care of your people, none of things are missing. Can you, it's a feast day, could you maybe sh- spare some food for me and my, my men? Here was Nabal's answer. Nabal answered David's servant and said, "'Who is David and who is the son of Jesse?' There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my meat that I have killed from my shearers and give it to men who I do not know where they're from? So David's young men turned on their heels and went back and they came and told him all these words. Then David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on, by the way, that's kind of ancient for lock and load. Put your your sword on. Every man girded on his sword, David girded on his sword and about 400 men went with David and 200 stayed with the supplies. And David said, surely in vain, I protected all this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him and he's repaid me evil for good may God do so and more also to the enemies of David if I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light David is ticked off David had done something good you hear people say no good deed goes unpunished he'd done something good for a guy helped him protected him and when he went to ask for some help Nabal just just demeaned David and disrespected him. That's really what all, this is an insult. Who is David? Everybody knew who David was. Most famous man in the whole country. And who is his son of Jesse? Now you're talking about my daddy. Oh, you just brought my family up in here. So now we got family and you got, you, you just dissed David. And then he said this, a lot of servants have run away from their masters. So he likened David to someone who ran away from his master Saul. So basically he said, David's wrong. And David was ticked off. Now here's what's interesting. David handles a lot of other things and you think, David, why are you getting so insulted? Maybe it was a bad day. Samuel had just died. It's just, you know, Samuel believed in David. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just a bad day, but David's just mad. Have you ever noticed that sometimes things that really get to you don't bother other people? And things, things that bother other people just don't bother other people. They really get to you. Well, this got to David. And he said, I want to tell you something. He said, I'm going to kill all the men in his house. All the servants, all the people at the house. A lot of, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. And now a lot of innocent people are going to die, but sometimes that's what uncontrolled anger does. The innocent get involved. But, I, but David, Nabal, excuse me, Mary above himself like I did. He he married a a great woman. I can relate. They said Abigail was beautiful and smart. That's my wife. And Abigail found out what was going on. In fact, they went to her. They said, "Uh, your husband Nabal's got us in trouble, man. David's coming. He's got 400 men. Everybody's loaded. It's not going to be good. Abigail had a lot of wisdom. She went by the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and picked up a whole bunch of... of, uh, (laughs) Of chicken nugget plates and waffle fries and she shows up actually she didn't do that but it was sheep and sheep and bread and she brought a feast for David's men and then she got out and she talked to David. She had a conversation with him. Listen to her wisdom here Please forgive she's talking. The trespasses of your servant for the Lord will certainly make my Lord. She calls David my Lord little L. An enduring house because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord Evil's not found in you throughout your days yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life but the life of my lord shall be bound in the bundle of the living with the lord your god and the lives of your enemies he shall sling out as from the pocket of a sling and it shall come to pass when the lord has done for my lord according to all the good he has spoken concerning you and supported you ruler over israel that this will be no grief to you nor offense of heart to my Lord, either that you've shed blood without cause or that my Lord has avenged himself. But when the Lord has dealt well with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. And David said to Abigail, blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice. And blessed are you because you've kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. Here's what she did. She reminded David of who he was. She said, "David, you're no evil's ever been found in you. You're a good man. You, you don't fight petty battles. You you fight the Lord's battles." And then she began to remind him of, of God's hand, God's. God's hand of protection has been on you and God's got a plan for your life and not even though Saul is risen up and trying to kill you, you're, you've been protected by God and he's going to sling your enemies out like a sling and you're going to be the king of Israel. You're going to be the next ruler of Israel. She, she reminded him of who he was and she reminded him of the plan that God had for him. It was a good plan. And then she played the movie for it. She said, and when you're a ruler, you don't want this avenging yourself, shedding blood without cause, to be a grief of heart you don't want this to, to hurt offend you and hurt your heart and you regret this and go oh I wish I'd never done that and David had the humility and the wisdom to look at Abigail and go that's God's wisdom right there and I am I realized that he realized that shedding blood without a cause there was no cause here it was an insult shedding blood without a cause was not right Avenging himself was not right. He recognized it was wrong. And David walked away. He didn't didn't answer Nabal. He didn't go to him. He didn't say. He just simply walked away. Say, well, so Nabal got away with it? No, he didn't. So about 10 days later, God struck him and he died. And then after he died, David sends a text to Abigail, go, since the old boy's dead, why don't you marry me? And she did. Win-win for David. But God took care of him. Today, how do we deal with anger before it deals with us? Let me just give you some, let me give you some some kind of big picture and we'll, we'll take it down to real practical stuff. Big picture. We have to remember who we are. We have to remember who we are. We have a higher calling. Look what it said in 1 Peter. You're not like that, you're a chosen people, that's us. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. How many of you know if you've made Jesus your Lord, you're God's chosen people? You're part of a royal priesthood. You're part of a holy nation. We have to remember. You say, well, David, David was a king. Not then he wasn't. He was gonna be one. The Bible already calls us a royal priesthood. We have to remember who we are. Years ago, when we were over in the, in the roller rink, two people showed up at a four-way stop sign. You've done this dance before. One waves the other one, the other one waves the other one. The other one waves the other one, the other one waves the other one. So one steps out and the other one, they they go and wind up in the middle of the intersection. And they're both just like, until they recognize one another. One was a staff member for our church. The other one was a key volunteer. They finally remember who they were. Listen, guys, we have to remember, we got a higher calling than this. We're not just us. We're also representing the Lord Jesus Christ. We are his disciples, his followers, his chosen people. God's been good to us. He's been merciful to us. He's done good things in our life. We are to show forth the goodness of God to people. Remember this. Jesus said, let your light shine. He did not say, let your anger fall. It was quiet in the first service too. But like I said, some messages excite you. Some will get you free. Remember who we are. Play the movie forward. What's going to be the outcome of this? I blow up. I blow up and get angry and what's going to be the outcome? Cuz here's the here's the problem. A lot of times we do things and maybe you haven't this but I, I regret a lot of the angry words I've said. It's been a grief to me. An offensive heart. You don't want to do that. We want to be able to play. What will be the outcome? i blow somebody up. What's going to be the good of that? What good's going to come of it? I'm just angry and reach out and lash out and say unkind things. What, 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 what good is that going to do? A lot of times it's going to hurt us. Psalms 37 says cease from anger and forsake wrath don't fret that word fret means it actually can mean to be troubled to be anxious to be vexed it only causes harm it causes harm with others it causes harm with us true story man was standing behind another man at a ticket counter when they canceled a flight you know you've been to the airport and they cancel flights man that makes people angry and this one man is berating the ticket agent he's calling her names he's cussing at her He's, he's just, he's out of control. And she just keeps typing. And finally she gets him taken care of and he stalks off. And the next man up looks at the ticket agent and said, ma'am, I just want to tell you, that is amazing self-control. I appreciate what you've done. I don't know how in the world you managed to stay control when that guy was so nasty and so angry and so rude. And she just keeps typing. She said, well, she said, he is going to Chicago. His bags are going to LA. <laughs> we don't think about those consequences. Keith Moore is coming in here next week. If you've never heard Keith, I encourage you to be there. Such a strong anointing, such a strong prophetic voice. But Keith said he was flying one time and they canceled a flight and people are just, the the airport is packed. People are yelling and screaming and Keith and his wife step up and they look at the ticket agent and they said, man, I know you're having a hard day. Is there anything you can do? This real sweet. And the ticket agent was was, and finally said, come with me and walk them past a whole line of people and put them on a flight. And as they were walking off, he said, the ticket agent said to Keith, he said, what these people don't know is I can help them or I can hurt them. And I can tell you about our anger. It's not helping us. I know a lot of people are angry right now. Guys, I understand it. A lot of people are angry about what's happening with Afghanistan. They're angry with what's happening. I've talked to veterans that are angry. I understand that. But my thing to you is, it's not helping you. If we can't change it, it's not going to help you. We say, well, what am I I supposed to do? Here's the thing. We can be angry, but we don't have to express it. We don't have to exercise it. say, well, are you serious? Yeah, the Bible says that. Look what it says here. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You, You ever heard the term, I just have to vent? I just need to vent. I need to vent this. I need to vent. I went to a, I went to a conference one time, a pastor's conference, and the pastor told, told all of us gathered there, you need to find someone that you can vent with. So I picked Joy. <laughs> that was short-lived. <laughs> she finally looked at me. She, she looked at me so she could point fingers. She said, I don't care what that pastor said. I am not the one you're going to vent on. Why do we think that venting is fixing things? You know, they have a, right now they have rage rooms where you can spend money, good money, 25 bucks for five minutes to walk into a room and destroy something. Lady's got a business, she had a business a few years ago here in Houston called Tantrums LLC. Relaxation after devastation. Five minutes, 25 bucks, And you can destroy a television set with your choice, lead pipe, baseball bat. And the thing about it is, why do we think that's helping us? Why do we think that venting is helping us? It's not. See, the the object with anger is not to let it out, it's to let it go. Say, what do you mean let it go? Sometimes guys, we just, you know, they said, don't let the sun go down your wrath. You can be angry. You don't have to sin. You don't have to blow up. You don't have to be unkind. You don't have to express it on other people. He said, well, 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 what do I do? You can talk to the Lord about it. And some things are better off in his hands. They say, Lord, I can't handle this. I, I, I can't, Lord, I, I, and this anger is eating me up on the inside. I can't handle this. I'm going to give this to you. Usually I close with a story. I'm not going to do that this morning. Here's what I am going to do. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. And I'm going to pray for you. But while I'm praying for you, I'm going to ask you. Are you angry? Who are you angry at? Yourself? Your spouse? Your friends? Government? God? Are you angry at the church? Because we haven't met your expectations. Happens. Let me just say from, from the church's perspective, I'm sorry. I apologize. But life is too short. God is too good. His kingdom's too important to be angry at church and actually to be angry at a lot of things. So I'm going to pray. And when I pray, maybe this will just simply be the time that you tell the Lord, Lord, I, I, I can't deal with this. I'm going to give this to you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, I pray for all of us right now. All of us have things going on. Experience loss, difficulties, hurt, insults. Stuff has happened. It's part of life. But I ask you, Father, that you would give us the strength and the wisdom, the humility, just to turn these things over to you. You said we can cast all of our cares, which would include our angers, on you because you care for us. Help us in this. Help us turn these things that we're so angry at, help us turn that over to you and find the joy of the Lord again, the joy that's in you. This morning, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just allow me to be the Abigail to you maybe stop you and say, don't do this. Let it go. Give it to God. Since your bow and eyes were closed, if you came this morning and said, Alan, I I don't even have a relationship with the Lord. Or I had one and I've walked away from it and I'm I'm not where I should be with God. I know that. He knows that. We're going to say a prayer though. It's a great prayer. It's a prayer to a merciful God who will receive you or receive you back such a difference in your life? Aren't you glad he's not angry at you? you Send your bowed and eyes are closed. If you say, Alan, I I know I need the Lord or I need him back in my life. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but I'm going to ask you to do this. If that's you that I'm talking to and you want our prayers, would you slip your hand up across the auditorium and say, would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate your courage, your humility. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to, you can join us on this. We're going to pray it out loud with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my savior is the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer. Father, for those who have come back to you, for those who've come to you for the very first time, we rejoice with them. We recognize that now they have a future and a destiny and a purpose. We thank you for that. And it's in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.